This week on The Sport Blokes. This week, the throwback hoops legends Woody and Robbie join us to talk all things hoops. We look at the NBL season so far, Raymond Green's straight right hand, Victor versus Scoot, and a throwback hoops staple, Classic Packs. Little bit of football codes too. Let's go. It's 3.23 on Saturday the 15th of October. We're fresh off recording a couple of episodes with Woody and one with Woody and Robbie, which is what you'll hear today. Plenty of basketball. You played a dangerous game, Nath. You didn't check the time to see if it was going to change. <laughs> it's come good for you. Yeah, no, very lucky. You got lucky. As we do, what caught your attention? What'd you miss? Well, what caught my attention this week? A fairly humorous sort of thing on Twitter. Somebody took a fairly embarrassing screen grab for the live tour of golf. And it is talking about the people that were streaming on YouTube, the, the first round of the Jetta International, saying there were 13,966 people that were watching that. At the same time, though, a YouTube channel that was showing Can Liz Trust Outlast a Lettuce? So, which has googly eyes on it, which is Which great. does have googly eyes so on it. So it's a good lettuce, yeah. It is starting to go a little bit nasty in terms of the, the looks and the colour. But, yeah, uh, iceberg. Yeah, yeah. Much like the polar icebergs melting. That. Uh, well, speaking of iceberg, it looks like Liz Truss might be going down like the Titanic. So <laughs> perfect. Uh, yeah, my money's on the lettuce. I think the lettuce might win this yeah, one. Yeah, I think so. But how ridiculous is it that there were actually more people watching? And we're talking a good couple of hundred people more, literally just watching a lettuce and a picture of Liz Truss. Mm. Dear Lord. It's like those, have you seen those like loop videos on like, so there's one like down on plan, Lisa needs braces just on loop for hours and yes. hours. There's some weird stuff we, on you. A friend of ours from high school tends to send me a lot of those ones. <laughs> there, there was one where I think it was Jimmy Barnes. There was a screaming part in, it's basically just Jimmy Barnes screaming for 10 hours. Right. <laughs> and it's, but it's set to a song. So right. it, it kind of sounds a little bit normal at first. And then you're like, no, this is this is his voice isn't that good. This is weird. <laughs> so yeah, how about yourself, mate? Well, we won't get to the AFL too much today, so I thought I'd mention it at the top here. One of the big stories out of the AFL trade period was Geelong absolutely fleecing the Gold Coast by getting former number ten pick Jack Bowers and the number seven pick this year for a third round pick. What the hell? So it's like, oh yeah, Bowers isn't enough. You better throw in the number seven. Yeah, like. Now, we know it's a salary it's dump. It's a salary dump, absolutely. So they're, they're having to pay $1.6 million of salary for him. But this and a few of the other ones, so like Tim Taranto and uh, Hopper going across yes. to Richmond from GWS, it kind of seems like the league's gone, hey, you two expansion teams, you're not doing so great. We're going to get rid of you. Just no, they never should have come in in the first place. Yeah. I was never a believer in either team coming in. Sport on the Gold Coast just doesn't seem to work. No. And it, it amazes me that the NBL keeps talking about the Gold Coast because I think there's better better places. Absolutely. Surely. But did you know, it's not the first time, which makes you wonder if Gold Coast is just a feeder club for Geelong because there's a history. 2019, Gold Coast traded a future first pick, which ended up being the number 11 and the 64th pick to Geelong for the 27th pick. So 11th and 64 for 27. Hmm, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. And then in 2020, they traded the 27th pick for a future third, which ended up being 52. So, effectively, so it's like double. They've traded 11 and 64 to eventually get pick 52. Hmm, makes sense. And going on what you said with GWS, so speaking of the expansion teams, just two GWS draftees from the period 2011 to 2020 are still with the team. You have to wonder if it's to do with their names. 2012 number one pick Lockie Whitfield and pick four from the 2019 draft, Lachlan Ash. So only Lockies and Lachlans are safe at the Giants. So basically, if they can find anyone with those names, draft them. Yes, because they're the only ones who will stay. They'll stay, yeah. What'd you miss, mate? Well, look, unfortunately, I haven't really been able to see much of this NBA preseason. There's been a lot of games going on. I've seen the sort of typical top tens, as you always have to do, with NBA Bow and the uh, yes, NBA yes. Decom. Great to see. <laughs> Great to see. The, the best. Honestly, been quoting that since probably 2014, 2015. was always a highlight of my day. One of my old uh, colleagues at work and I used to watch them at the end of the day and always be yelling that bit out. So, yeah, unfortunately, I haven't seen much of it. But as you say, there's only so many hours in the day. It's true. And we prioritise regular seasons over pre-seasons. We do. How about yourself, Mike? Well, I missed in our chat with Woody and Robbie, which you'll hear very shortly, just talking about New Zealand and how shitty it is how many road games they've had to start the season after all the time they spent on the road in the last couple of years. It would have been good to get their thoughts on that, but we forgot to discuss that, so... Just like there's only so many hours in a day, there's only so many minutes in a podcast, and we always go along anyway. So Why don't we discuss it quickly? 
It's shit. It is shit. So here we go. Buckle up. Listen to our great chat with the Throwback Hoops boys, Woody and Robbie, right now. Now, Stewie, we're absolutely delighted to have our next guest on the show, as we always are. We've become very good friends with them over the journey. You may have heard them on our show, and we've also been on theirs. So we've been on episode 22 and 39 of Throwback Hoops. Excellent people, great Hoops fans. A very special welcome to Woody and Robbie. How are you, boys? So Glad boys. to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Now, my understanding is, Robbie, that uh, you might uh, be a little under the weather, so so a bit of a warning there for the classic packs. Oh, spoiler alert, <laughs> we're going to do your own segment on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, thanks, Nath. Had a bit of a, a finger operation yesterday. I had to um, get my little pinky finger fused after about three previous surgeries. So, yeah, a little bit on the um, on the medication at the moment, but, yeah, I'll do my best. The absolute dedication to the cause, Robbie. We couldn't be happier to have you both. So thank you very much for joining us. Stewie is by my side, as he always is. I'm indeed holding a very crisp pack of 1989-90 hoops ready for an opening. I've been sort of smashing my way through a couple of boxes, but I've held one back because I wanted to wanted to do one with you guys. So initially the plan was you guys would join us on our show after we were on episode 39 of yours on Throwback Hoops. Uh, mistakes were made. Uh, we won't go into more details. I, I will. I left... <laughs> I left the pack at home that I was supposed to be opening for you guys and unfortunately it cost us enough time that we couldn't record. So That's all right. We've pointed up the required fourth round pick to get you on the show. A little reference to AFL Trade Week there. We might get there briefly, but let's start with the basketball boys. And I think maybe let's start with our teams. So both of them had their first loss for the season. I know you were down at the Kings and Cairns, Woody. What, what did you make of that game and what did you make of the Kings season so far? Well, the King season's been great up to date, Nathan. Uh, I think watching those two teams play together, a really fast-paced game was really entertaining, right? They both, you know, run run up and down the floor and try to put up a shot early in in, in the clock and very entertaining. And you know, I've been saying it all season. I think this Cairns team is being slept on by a lot of people. Uh, we had them their overs, overs and unders on 7.5 or something like that for the season, right? They've already won three of those games and they're equal top of the ladder now with with your team, Perth, and, and my team, Sydney. So um, really entertaining game. And if my Kings are going to lose to anyone, it, it would be my second favorite team. So yeah, now great crowd in at the queue as well. What have you made of the imports so far? I mean, obviously there was a lot of talk about Walton Jr. in the, the first game. He came in and destroyed all expectations with that 32-point game. Sure did. What have you made of the of the, the makeup, I guess, of the three imports? Obviously, with yeah, Sydney does have quite a high turnover. It's been well documented by Robbie. So yes. what, what are your thoughts, Bane? <laughs> Yeah, look, I think first thing uh, is that they fit into the culture of the of the team, right? Um, and, and they're good locker room guys. And and uh, Chase Buford has said how how they fit off the floor, and that's an important thing in 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 the in the culture that that Buford and the Kings are building here on the court itself. Justin Simon, he's a proven factor in this league, former Defensive Player of the Year. He's, he plays with high energy. Um, Derek Walton Jr. You know, we've spoken about him, Stewie, on on uh, when you guys were on our show last about his pedigree. Um, and, you know, you see that floor general who likes to get his teammates involved. Um, I think he's early MVP candidate. I really like the look of him. He had a few turnovers yesterday and uh, had a quiet game against uh, the shellacking we gave Melbourne. But, you know, I mean, when there's so many weapons on, on the team, you know, there's going to be some days where um, each individual steps up, right? It, it's not always going to be the same guy. A guy like Tim Tim Suarez, I think it's like a two-headed monster with Jordan Hunter. You know, he's a cheaper import. And um, with, with Jordan Hunter healthy again, having those two guys kind of manning that center position um, bodes well. We didn't need to sort of get another Jarrell Martin type this year, you know, with with, with Jordy coming back. So I'm, I'm I'm very happy with the way they're fitted into into our roster. You know, I mean, you look at that roster from last year, who's back? DJ Vasilovich, Xavier Cooks, Jordan Bruce. Hunter, Sean Bruce. That's it, right? And Jordan Hunter didn't really play. So we've lost the makers. And, you know, it's actually a completely new roster. It's not just the three imports that have come in. Um, a lot of the um, Australian talent has has gone out as well. So yeah, it's going to take. There's going to be some ups and downs, but I still think we're we're early championship favourites. I didn't get a chance to see the game unfortunately because we went out last night. But it looked like you mentioned the turnovers, Woody. I think it looked like the turnovers and the free throw shooting is probably what let the Kings down a little bit. Big win oh, yeah. for for Cairns on the road. Very impressive. Yeah, and that's three road wins now, right, for, for Cairns. And, and you're right, you know, um, turnovers, second chance opportunities, you know, for Cairns is, is what really cost us in the end there, right? And you look at the the front line Cairns has, they've got Keanu Pinder and no one else really over 6-7, you know? So um, I think on the glass as well, we got we got killed a little bit with the second chance opportunities that Cairns got. And and as, as I said, the turnovers there, not looking after the ball and, and those turnovers led to easy points for Cairns, which cost us in the end, yeah. Did you get a chance to see the game, Robbie? 
I did. It was absolutely funny to, you know, I don't think either of us would have expected both those results last night. But yeah, um, look, enjoyed both the games last night. Yeah, the Kings game was quite exciting, I thought. Um, look, we'll probably go a little bit into the Wildcats game. That was a little bit frustrating, the the three and a half quarters that ESPN actually managed to show last night. So <laughs> they're, on, they're on fire, aren't they, ESPN at the moment? Of course, oh. they butchered the, you know, the the FIBA Women's World Cup um, bronze medal game. And then, yeah, I think everyone was a bit surprised. I actually saw um, my dad today and he, he sort of didn't know what was going on. He said he was trying to fast forward after half time because he was watching it a bit delayed and then he's like what's going on here and then yeah i mean they didn't even put up an explanation about that did they so that was a bit, bit of a concern yeah i was going to say the colorado rockies really came out of half time and played really <laughs> well in that melbourne versus perth game yeah, superb <laughs> I did. oh man because i watched it on delay too because we went to a party last night i managed to stay away from the result i, I had to, just had a feeling we might lose that one I well, thought we were maybe due for a loss. Well, I mean, that's what the seventh time in a row that United yeah, have incredible. beaten Perth in that's Perth. Crazy, so they, they clearly, for whatever reason, they just get up for that that experience in Perth. And look, I, I suppose, yeah, the, the big question is what do you make? Because, I mean, Melbourne United have had kind of a bit of a weird start to the season. You know, Tucker was talking about himself being the best import and he, he's kind of been a bit iffy. And a lot of talk about Caroline. Is he going to be the first import to get the arse? And they came out and they played well. I mean, Isaac Humphreys was an absolute beast. Well, this is the thing for me. So to me, I think really it was probably his most poorly coached game of the season so far. And look, there'll be growing pains with really. This is his first gig in the NBL. It is going to take a little while to find his feet. I'm a big fan and I think he'll do very well. But insisting on the small ball and not throwing Majuk at Humphreys every now and then, even if it was just for a couple of minutes spurts just to disrupt him a bit, I think that's a big reason why the Wildcats lost the game. The strange one. Look, I don't want to go too much into the refs either. I, I didn't wasn't a big fan of the refs in that game last night. Um, I'm never a fan of seeing a coach getting a, a tech foul for not using like abusive or threatening sort of language sort of thing. Um, I thought that was a bit poor to be honest. Obviously, you know, really was probably talking a little bit and potentially might have had a warning there. But I thought that was a little bit frustrating seeing him getting that tech foul for what was a, a clearly a, a wrong call there on that travel on Norton. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're right about um, Humphreys though, Nathan. I mean, he definitely got going. I mean, he's been pretty quiet so far this year, but he really got going. You could see his confidence growing as the game went along as well. But I don't know. It just seems to the Wildcats, you know, obviously, look, certainly not panic, sta- panic stations at their first loss there, but feels like they're maybe lacking something. I'm not quite sure what it is. Um, and obviously, we haven't had Thomas there, and that's probably a big factor. I don't know what you guys are hearing about him there, but look, he seems to be missing a lot of games with these ankle injuries there. So you wonder how much longer, you know, we can sort of, we can sort of weather the storm without him there, or if he's not going to get better soon, whether we start thinking about maybe finding a replacement, I don't know. And I think that's a, a really, really key point is talking about Thomas and not having that bigger body to go up against Humphreys. Look, Majuk still coming back, I guess, off that that injury to an extent from last season. He's not been uh, amazing, I guess, in the time that he's been on the court. I mean, but Hayes Brown's there. like So they had guys they could throw at him, even, as I say, for a minute or two. But I, I guess the the continued sort of push to to really justify having Brady Manick in the team. Look, he's been better the last couple of games, but yeah, playing him 27 minutes, he seemed to really struggle in that pick and roll coverage, which I guess they don't really get a whole lot of in in the NCAA because there's a lot of zones being played. But yeah. it's um yeah, it's it's an interesting point though that you do make, Robbie. That yeah, after a while, you do sort of have to look at it and say, well, we need you on the court, and if you're not going to be on the court, then we've got to replace you. Too many um, close possessions as well. We've seen a little bit this season where Mitch Norton's taking like important threes at the you know important stages of the game there. I think that's a little bit of a worry there. I mean, probably there's at least three other people on the court you probably prefer taking an outside shot than Norto there. But yeah, look again, it's only one loss sort of thing. But yeah, full credit to Melbourne. Like you said, seven wins in a row. I mean, that's just incredible, isn't it, to, to do that in Perth? I don't think that's ever been done before by any team, surely. And Corey Webster, of, of course, had the shot to win it as well. So, mm. so it, well, that was to tie it. Uh, to tie it, rather. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so Bryce didn't get that final shot, and he was magnificent in the first half. I might hone in on something you said there, Robbie, and throw to Woody. Woody, there has been a lot of talk about the refs in Perth and and the calls that Perth get, and it's it's all over Twitter. And I've seen some Hawks fans. I believe they were called Hillbilly Hawks fans in some media. <laughs> um, I saw some Hawks fans, you know, accusing the NBL of being fixed and the, all the, the the conspiracy stuff. What do you think, Woody, as the neutral of the four of us? Do, do you think that the issues with the refs in Perth is founded or do you think it's a bit overblown? And, and do you think the pendulum maybe swung the other way and, and maybe that was in their mind for the Melbourne game? I think it's a bit overblown, right? I mean... There's a lot that is left to be desired about the quality of refing in the NBL in general, right? Um, that's been well documented. I think, yeah, maybe maybe the pendulum has swung a little bit, but yeah, I think 
it's it's very easy to say, look, it's home cooking in Perth, um, etc. You know, the, the 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 fans, the loyal fan base get get on the referees and their influence, but um, it's a bit of a stretch. I I think it, it's definitely overblown. Yeah. We know Shane Hill likes to bang on about it, and well, a lot of the a lot of the Sydney people actually, or the New South Welsh people, tend to you know teams will get home cooking at at home, like it does happen. Yes, I thought Sydney got some good calls themselves last night. To be honest, I'm sure if you ask some of the you know Cairns fans or players there, they got some really ordinary calls yep, in no. that game. I thought, especially Pinder, right? Like, yeah. So yep. yeah, who knows? I mean, it probably changes from week to week, and always the home team's going to get a little bit of favoritism there. But yeah, I think Woody's right as well. I think just the the general standard of refing this season's been a little bit ordinary, a little bit like the ESPN coverage. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully they can they can start to improve that. Right? <laughs> yep. So true. Speaking of the coverage, now I know that every man and his dog has mentioned this already, but I haven't yet, so it's my turn. That black box on the right, it's so underutilised. I just want to see stats more often. Like occasionally they'll flash up the stats, but if they're not going to use it regularly, just move the score into the middle because it's almost a tease, isn't it? What do you think that is, Nate? That's just obviously not working, right? Because we've seen that in some of the earlier games. There's been, you know, someone will take a shot and then it'll flash up, you know, they're one or two for the game and how many points. But it doesn't seem to have been working for the quite a few games now. So, I Well, I noticed there. they were using it last night, Robbie, but just not very often. So I, mm. I don't know that it's it's a thing. I don't think it's an issue with it not working. I just think whoever's the stat person, whoever's typing it in, I think they're just not doing it that frequently. I think it's the production. I'll, I'll take it one step further. Sorry, sorry Stu. No, what I'd like is, like on NBA game time, for example, you can just flick right and you can just go through the box score, see the running stats while the game's still playing in the background, right? I think we're at a, at a stage right now that if you're using KO or even through your remote control, there's a way of you actually yourself toggling through the stats and having a look at them. Because, I mean, the box score is live on NBL.com. I've got that open while I'm watching the game, you know? If, you, if you're able to do that on the television set itself, that would be a nice feature to have, actually, I think, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I go way back to like the the Clinton Gribus days of the ABC and they used to do a really good job of those stats. So it's it's interesting you bring that up. Guys, I did want to just kind of change the pace a little bit with the NBL and just, I guess, kind of put the question out there and and maybe sort of throw it out to to you guys. What's been the biggest surprise for you so far? And obviously it's early days in the, the season. We're only sort of three, four games in for most teams, one game in if you're Adelaide, obviously. Has there been anything that's really sort of jumped out at you as like really not expecting that? I know what Stewie's is. It'll be Cairns. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's Cairns for me. Robbie, why don't we throw to you first? What, what's been your big surprise this season? Big surprise. Look, it could be maybe some of the imports. I just don't like some of the import choices this year. There just seems to be, you know, obviously we I don't think every team's got three imports, right? There might be a few that don't. But, yeah, it just seems to be a few imports this year that maybe either aren't quite up to it or just they're not quite suited to some of their teams. I know it's a bit of a general comment there, but yeah, it seems to be a lot of imports that are sort of playing similar positions and similar roles on teams there. So that's maybe been been one thing for me there, I guess. Um, that, that's sort of like the Justin Robinson and Tyler Harvey sort of thing. They seem like the same player to me. There's some duplication. Yeah, a little bit yeah. like that, like for like. I mean, look, ideally you'd want to get like a, a quality big guy and a, a scoring guard or a point guard there and sort of fill the need with that third import there. But yeah, it seems to just be a lot of people sort of playing similar roles there or imports there when they've already already got good Aussies in those positions there. So that could be, you know, whichever team sort of finds that balance could be the one that ends up working out, I guess. Look, I think the Brisbane Bullets, they were, you know, highly touted coming into this season um, as a as a title contender, right? And um, Aaron Baines, he's, he's look, looks like he's aging, you know, that, that injury is coming back from him. He's, he may not be as effective as he was ever, ever again, you know, post that injury. Um, and Matt McQuaid says that a lot of people in the media say say you have to have a, a proper point guard to get them into the into their sets, right? You've got Sobi and um, TJ. They don't have an actual floor general there, right? And and Jason Kiddie is a bit of a combo guard. They've lost three games on the trot. They could potentially lose to Sydney. Sydney will be hungry. They, they've won 14 games on the road. So they're almost a better road team, Sydney, than they are a home team at the moment. So they could be 0-4, staring down the barrel and I think for them to actually be successful this this season, they they need to go out and get get themselves a point guard. But yeah, they've they've been very underwhelming. Let's say in that first three games. I know tough games: Sydney, Perth, and Tassie. Am I right in saying that those three? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, all the way. So all tough games. So you know, we have to be a bit patient. But just watching them play the eye test hasn't been good. Well, yeah. I mentioned the body language then as well. Yeah. I don't think they seem to be a team that's on the same page. You look at them and there's a lot of, you know, 
players hanging their head and everything else like that. So look, it'll take a little bit of time there, but they want to sort out that camaraderie between them pretty quickly. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't really have Brisbane particularly high. I, I wasn't as high on them as a lot of people. I think I had them sort of just outside the playoffs, maybe around that six, seven spot. But yeah, um, me too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I must admit they have been a little bit underwhelming so far. What you're saying about Baines is spot on. Johnson had a pretty decent game. Uh, I think it was against Sydney actually and he had like 24 but yeah th- you're right like the, the whole combination of their guards and their, their bench isn't particularly strong either I don't really like the makeup of their team that much and yeah. unless Baines and Johnson do incredible things I, I think they're going to struggle to make the playoffs yeah and you saw Stewie down the stretch coach Duncan didn't didn't actually play play Baines at all in that Tassie game right you know he was mm-hmm. out coached by Scott Roth in that game he's he's logging 20 to 25 minutes a game and I don't even think that the 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 staff have faith in in Baines to play big minutes and and help them down the stretch, which is a, a, definitely a concern, right? Because oh, huge. He was he was a big part of what what they're supp- supposed to be doing this year, and he hasn't lived up to expectations for sure. No, absolutely, I, I'm with you. I, I think, funnily enough, I think Duncan gets out coached a lot of games. I'm not yeah. sure he's an amazing coach, to be honest. I'm I totally agree with you, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, without Robert Franks there as well, maybe with one of his main stars from last season gone, maybe. Obviously, Baines is, and Baines is working his way back in too. So I think we maybe need to give him a little bit of time. It is still a very small sample size. I mean, I'm not even looking at averages yet. I don't think there's even been enough games to really focus too much on averages. I think you almost need to look at games on a case-by-case basis when teams have only played three or four, or in the case of Adelaide, only played one. So let's talk about them quickly. I'll be honest, I wasn't surprised that they had that loss. I think I mentioned on our show last week or the week before that it was good that they probably had a couple of maybe the easier teams. They were glad that they would have been playing Tassie and Illawarra to come back rather than Perth and Sydney, for example. But nonetheless, Tassie came out and I guess their backs were against the wall. They needed the win too. But based on what Peter Hawley said when he played for Melbourne, when he he was in the NBL, NBA, he said it's really hard to go over there, spend a couple of weeks in the States go through all the all that it entails off the court as well as the games themselves and then come back and be thrust straight into a season where most teams have already played three games and scraped off the rust a little bit. Majek came out and played really well. So I'm kind of only half surprised, even though they look so good against the Phoenix Suns, that they'd be a bit jet-lagged and, and they'd have that loss against Tassie. I don't know if you saw that game, Robbie. Yeah, look, I think ideally you'd want to be doing these NBA games before our season starts, but obviously it hasn't quite worked out that way. But yeah, very strange to be coming back and starting your NBL season in round three. But yeah, they look pretty ordinary against Tasmania. I think you're right, Nath. Tasmania came out with probably a lot more urgency in that game there after the way they'd started the season. Yeah, Adelaide looked pretty ordinary. You wonder if they're going to be one of those teams and if the three-point shot isn't falling for them, you know, what what sort of style they can play effectively this season. So I wonder if, again, if we've sort of overrated Adelaide a little bit, like potentially we've overrated Brisbane, I guess time will tell. But certainly they've got you know, some quality imports there and some some solid Australian players as well. But, yeah, maybe we got a little bit carried away by that result against Phoenix. Well, yeah, 5 of 21 from deep against Tassie. Obviously a, a long way short of that. What was it, 24 of 43 they shot against Phoenix. Woody, what did you make of the game? Yeah, look, I think the worst thing, Stu, that could have ever happened was Randall actually having that game against Phoenix, right? Because he's come, come, come here with with the, uh, you know that that swagger, thinking that you know he's the man, and you know it takes me back his his body language, the way he acts, it takes me back to another Adelaide import, Julius Hodge, right? You'll remember, yep. uh, a great player on the court, but you know a cancer in the locker room caused a lot of trouble in Adelaide. You guys will recall that. And Randall comes across with his body language, the way he's talking to to his coaches and and sulking on the be- on the bench when 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 CJ sits him on the pine. He could be a bad for that locker room. I'm just just early, it's early days yet, but I'm just getting that vibe from him. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, but um, it's just an just a feeling I have that. And, and and word is coming out that there have been some scuffles behind the scenes with him and some of his teammates as well. So. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be one of these guys that when things are going right, he's going to be amazing. But when things happen and there's a little bit of turmoil, that's when we'll probably see more of his true colours. I mean, we saw it in that Phoenix game. Him and Robert Franks and Antonius Cleveland, they're all pally, chummy, jumping up and down, smiling and laughing. But then, yeah, as soon as the shit hits the fan, we do. We probably see more who these real guys are. I mean, that's true of life. We we generally see the true colours of most people when when the shit hits the fan or when, you know, that, that sort of stuff, when you back up against the wall. So I think you're probably right there. There's probably a, a good element of truth to that. 
And I think they're going to live and die by the three, aren't they? As we've kind of already alluded to. And and I did mention on our show, I said there'll be nights where he shoots one of 10. Well, sure enough, in that game, he was two of 10 from beyond the arc. So yeah, it was, it was, it was always going to happen. But I think uh, in spite of what some people on Twitter say, and I won't mention names, Adelaide have well and truly fallen back down to earth. (laughs) I guess for me, the surprise is maybe the Hawks. And at time of recording, Adelaide will be playing the Hawks today. So that'll be an interesting test. I was quite impressed with what Mathiang can do. I think he brings some really interesting skills to the table. He's still a little bit raw and some of his decision-making is a little bit off at times, but his athleticism and what he can do at the rim defensively and, and the way he can switch on the perimeter as well. I quite like him. And George King looked really good last week. I couldn't believe how few shots he took. He was on fire. Feed the man the ball when he's on fire. I just don't get it. So I think George King is super impressive, man. He comes with a high pedigree. Um, speaking to Coach Jacob um, on our podcast, he, he 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 spoke very highly of him and what he brings to that team. And even in the press conference after one of the games, I was I was uh, asking JJ the same thing. And uh, he, he's got high wraps on him. And they're going to need quite a lot out of him now with Justin Robinson out. So I was really impressed. And the other thing that really impresses me, Nate, is, is Lockie Dent. Andrew Canyon was on our show, I think, last week, Robbie. And he said Lockie Dent for most improved player. He he could be onto something there, you know. The kid, kid, kid's got talent. And him and him and Matthew Yang have got a great connection. And apparently they're, they're really good mates off the floor. And they're with that second unit, they've built a really good chemistry. So I'm I'm impressed with them, you know. They, they nearly did you guys over there uh in rac right so yeah um and it wasn't a particularly intelligent finish for them the hawks should have killed us if you look you were sort of talking about how well king played 10 of 16 from the field against us but tyler harvey's two of 11 and he's taking the majority of the shots down the stretch i would have given king 30 shots in that game just said if you keep shooting at that percentage we're not going to lose oh they they needed to at least feed him until he went cold it was it was crazy that they didn't maximize what he was doing because he was just knocking down threes in guys faces and and really giving the wildcats a scare for me there's still a little bit too much you know tim conrad and obviously we're seeing kevin white and some of these sort of guys that are really getting major minutes in the fourth quarter which look i don't think you're going to go that far with those sort of guys at the you know the tail end of their careers there so that's probably something with the the depth issues that they're having and obviously they're down an import there but yeah it's been a little bit too much of um of some of those guys towards the end of games i've noticed that's fair yeah i don't i don't expect them to i thought they'd finish bottom but they're, they're a little bit more competitive than I thought they'd be. And and there are a lot of unknowns in the off-season with some of the imports and that sort of thing. But I maybe didn't factor in the Mathiang edition enough. And Nate, let, let me tell you one thing. Our ex-Sydney King Luke Cooper on Twitter came out and ha- had a few things to say about Tyler Harvey's shot selection. And guess who was jumping on, on the bandwagon and replying first? I wonder if that, that would have been uh, me. Uh, I don't need to guess. I don't need to guess. It's like the sport bloke drinking game is Joey uh, dissing Tyler Harvey. You, you can get drunk pretty quick, I reckon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Look, and the thing is, I will absolutely give him props. Like, he had a really good game. Uh, I can't remember who it was against. So the, the second game they played that, he played really well. And this is the thing. So I'll follow on from that, Stewie. Like, his shot selection was way better in that. So he was taking it to the rack more and relying on the three less. And what a surprise. Lo and behold, that's his best game when he has a better balance offensively. So, yeah, he yeah. just he just needs to make better decisions. Yeah, that was the Phoenix game. Yep. So, Shui, what's your biggest surprise so far? Again, limited sample size, but uh, we have seen a bit. Yeah, my biggest surprise, as we said at the start, is no surprise. It is just how well Cairns are playing. Oh, look, I, I said from the start, I thought that Cairns were going to be fun. I thought they'd be competitive, but I just didn't feel like they had enough to sort of get over the line in some of these games. And Look, we've seen in three of the four games they've played. Now, look, they absolutely shit the bed against Perth, but there's really, there's no shame in that. A lot well, of people- Perth shot very well. Yeah. Very well. A lot of people do that. But yeah, I, I think, you know, Shannon Scott has been absolutely fantastic. He's been way better than I was expecting that he was going to be. Pinder, obviously, we've spoken about his trajectory. He's basically looking like he's almost all NBL team. He's that good. And they're just getting contributions from a lot of the other- Wardenberg players. played well last Wardenberg's night. Wardenberg's been great. I mean, Woody, I know you're a massive, massive fan of Cairns. I'll let you- you know, go to town on Cairns. What do you, what do you reckon? They're the type of team that live by the gun, you know? So you're going to have those games where they they might get blown out by 30 points the way they play, right? And you're going to have other other games like last night when they when they beat Sydney. And that's the thing, like, just on Keanu Pinder, like, a big fan of his as well. You look at his stats this season, I think. I'll bring him up for you, but from, from memory, it's like 18 points per game, 10 rebounds, 
a block and a steal, shooting 50% from the field, 86% from the free throw line. I mean, Robbie asked me at the start of the season, Woody, could, could Pinder average 15 points a game? I'm like, no, he's probably going to be around the 13, 14 mark. But to your point, he's an early MVP ca- candidate, man. Like, the, the guy's unstoppable in the post. Um, he's very selective on 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 taking three point shots now unlike that first season Adelaide I know Stewie you were on him on his case quite a lot but um no one would have expected him to to, to go to these events and and to your point yesterday we did not have Taj McCall on the team it was Shannon Scott running the show from the start none of those ill-advised turnovers they look actually a better team when Scott's running the point and and you know maybe that's a little bit of a clue of what Ford needs to do when, when Taj McCall comes back from his hip injury he's going to be out for I think three weeks now but when he comes back put the ball in Shannon Scott and Ben Ayer's hands and and play Taj McCall off the ball, you know, enough of this Taj playing point guard, turning it over six times a game sort of thing, right? So, yeah. I agree with you on Pinder, though. He's really matured. So the decision-making has improved, both offensively yeah. and defensively, actually, I think. So so Adam, he, he's shown that maturation in his game. That development of Pinder, Adam Ford had a huge influence there. So Yeah, we're fans of 40. Absolutely. Yeah. Robbie, what have you made of Cairns? Yeah, they've certainly been, you know, like a surprise packet. It's, I think it's a good call without having McCall last night. They looked a lot more sort of in tune and they ran their offense a lot better. So I think that, yeah, obviously when Machado was out a lot last year, they threw the ball to him a lot and they had some mixed success with him running the offense. But yeah, I think it's probably a good point that, that Wood said maybe sort of play him off the ball a little bit more. Um, look, I don't think the team has a, a great deal of depth there. So if they were to sort of get any longer term injuries or anything like that, not sure some of these guys, you know, Woody knows my thoughts on, on Jerich and, you know, there's a few other guys on that bench there that, you know, Ben Air seems a, a shell of himself from last season. But, yeah, certainly been a surprise and they're quite an entertaining team to watch, I reckon, as well. So, boys, obviously there's so much still to play out in the NBL. We're only, as I say, a few weeks into the season. There'll be a lot of other stories coming out. We might change pace and go across to the NBA now. I want to get your thoughts on this Draymond Green incident so for anyone who's missed it Draymond Green Jordan Poole kind of getting into a verbal altercation at training Draymond's come across and had a little bit of a shove from Poole and he's just unloaded a hook basically caught him him. I'm I'm amazed that Jordan Poole actually stayed on his feet might be because there was a wall behind him I'm not sure but uh, I wanted to throw you guys so Robbie what were your thoughts you've obviously seen the incident what do you make of it it was certainly pretty shocking, wasn't it? I mean, when you sort of heard about the incident, it was a good couple of days before that video was released. I think you know, TMZ picked it up somehow. Um, yeah, it was definitely a lot worse than what I was thinking. It didn't even look like Jordan Poole was even really saying anything. He was kind of trying to you know, ignore him from the looks of it there. So obviously we don't know what happened before. But look, I can't help but think this has probably happened multiple times with Golden State over the years. Um, you know, when you have a, someone like Draymond and, you know, with the way he plays sort of thing, I reckon it's probably happened before. It just hasn't been caught on video like this or it wasn't maybe to the same extent there. But yeah, he's sort of treading a fine line now, I reckon. As he sort of gets a bit older, he's losing some of his, you know, skills that he's had sort of thing. These things aren't going to be put up with as much. So it was probably pretty disappointing, I think would probably be the be the word I'd use to describe it. Look, I mean, it's a it's a guy with the name Jordan on the other end of the punch. Obviously the the <laughs> famous punch in the nineties we 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 know about Steve Kerr and 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 the Jordan punch there. I Jordan mean coach, ironically. Yeah. So I mean you know, Leonard, Leonard Copeland said it on, on the jump the other day. These things happen behind closed doors quite often within team practices, and, and we don't know about it, right? And it's it's dealt with appropriately behind the scenes. Um, with a guy like Draymond Green, though, he's had a history of various different things with teammates, and, you know, he doesn't have a lot of change in the bank compared to others. Um, but at the same point, I want to know who released that footage, right? I mean, it's obviously someone from within the organization, so that that's that's also concerning. I might hone in on a couple of things both of you boys have said. You, you wonder if it has happened a lot, and we're just in a new world now where there's more cameras around the place, and you do wonder if it's happened that many times that someone has strategically released the footage because they're just sick of Draymond. There's going to be a salary cap pitch there at Golden State. They can't pay everyone, and I'm not surprised either, Robbie. He's a bit of a Dennis Rodman character in some ways. Obviously, there's some major differences as well. But in some ways, he's got a bit of Dennis Rodman about him as far as being a distraction. But obviously, that passion and fire is what helps them win games. Obviously, it also helped them lose a championship to Cleveland when he punched LeBron in the balls. So he does like punching people. But yeah, you do wonder if if his days are numbered, don't you? My biggest concern with this is the fact that there is actually, if you go back to the the 2017-18 season, there was that incident with Bobby Portis and Nikola Miritich. And that actually resulted in an eight-game suspension for Bobby Portis. So there is actually a precedent where... You know, that people could step in and go, you know what, we need to suspend him for this coming out. 
I don't know. Does the league handle it? Does do they? Well, no, the they team? haven't. They've only the, the the team has only fined him. They've made the decision. So they've actually they're wow. not suspending him. Yeah, I know. I'm amazed at that too. What message does that send to kids? Hey, like on the flip side in the NFL, we saw Devonte Adams give a bit of a love tap to a cameraman who's now filed charges with the police. So on one hand, and okay, admittedly, it's player versus player on the same team versus a player and a camera person. But still, like, the punch was way worse than what Devonta Adams did. So to not even get a game is, uh, I don't think it's a good look. I don't think it sends a good message to the kids. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, Draymond Green's supposed to be a role model and set an example, right? Um, and, and with the footage coming out, you know, kids all over the country that look up to the Golden State Warriors are going to see that. And it, it doesn't set a good example of what it's like to be a good teammate coming up in sporting teams and, um, you know, the kind of way you need need to be with people in a workplace or in a team environment. Um, that that's not illustrating in in a or portraying it in a positive light at all by by Draymond. So we're saying there could be a conspiracy theory here, and it could have been someone quite high up in the Golden State team that potentially released this video. I think a lot of people yeah. were thinking it could have just been you know an employee or something else like that. But what do you reckon? It could have been someone higher up. You know. Oh, that's what I was alluding to. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Yeah. I'm not saying it's definite, but it is possible. I mean, it does get to a point where if a guy is wanting a shitload of money, if the headaches outweigh the benefits that he's bringing to the table, you maybe decide. To to, there will be teams that would take him. Yeah, it's a bargaining chip, though, effectively, for the team. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, boys, one of the really exciting things that's coming out at the moment is this whole Victor versus Scoot thing. So the Metropolitans 92 team from France coming across playing the G League Ignite team. We've all seen the highlights of Victor Wembanyama just going ballistic. I watched the second game, actually. So it was a bit disappointing that Scoot, unfortunately, didn't play as much because he got a bit banged up. But I, I tell you what, oh, Seeing that game was was just amazing. I don't know if you boys had a chance to catch either of those games. Yeah, certainly saw all the highlights. He's pretty impressive from both of them, I guess, as well. And you're not going to talk about Ho Yo Fat as well. I know. Uh... <laughs> I was I was actually going to ask you guys and see whether you're interested in getting a Ho Yo Fat jersey. Oh, Surely that's got to be hundred percent. hundred percent. I'll get that jersey. But yeah, but um, <laughs> no. In terms of Victor, I mean, look, he's just someone we. I mean, we haven't seen anyone almost like him at all, have we? The way he moves, he's got such sweet handles. Um. Just ridiculous when you saw that video of him standing next to Rudy Gobert. Um, that was unbelievable. You know, he's a good three inches tall, I reckon. Uh, yeah, unbelievable the skills he's got. And and a shout out to Scoop as well. Probably any other draft, he'd be a sure thing number one. He looked really impressive as well. So, yeah, there'll certainly be a bit of tanking going on this season, that's for sure. <laughs> so I did get a chance to to check out some of the highlights. And, you know, you got to go back to, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar type, you know, to have uh, a prospect like Victor, right? And you're going to see your San Antonio Spurs, your OKC Thunder, Stewie, yep. um, all all trying to tank as much as they can because it's a once-in-a-generation type player. The one thing I will say is there've been there's been another unicorn like this recently, you know, in uh, Chris Tapp's Porzingis, yep. you know? And when you have that kind of body shape and you play that game that way, you know, you have to look after your body and, and uh, you know, injuries could be a concern because... You know, a lot, a lot of the things that 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 Victor's doing, people were saying that about Chris Stapps early on. So that's the only caveat here. Um, but so yeah, get, we'll get see the Bruce we'll... Reed sticky tape. Ah, anyway. you beat me to the punch, Robbie. You beat me yeah. to the punch. I knew it was exactly. coming. Exactly. Was coming. Well said. Very well said. I think that the difference, obviously, with and you're right, there are some similarities. That the difference is his handles, man. He's like yep, Kevin. Sure. Durant. He's like a seven foot four Kevin Durant. Yeah. It's incredible. For sure. I was blown away. Like. People are talking about how wonderful he is, and we've all seen the highlights. But to actually watch a full game, I, I, I don't want the Spurs to win another game, a, a game the entire season. Like this guy is just phenomenal. What and he can knock down threes, and okay, you hope he doesn't fall in love with it. But the little rolling hook to the basket, I mean, it's in, it's he can't defend it. He's got an eight foot wingspan, so it's not the sky hook like Kareem. But geez, I tell you what, if he masters that running hook in the lane. Oh, and the other thing I really love about him, he hates losing. So he's going to immediately come into a team. He's not just there for the paycheck. He's not just there to party and go to the strip clubs and all the pitfalls that come along with going into the NBA. He wants to win. He wants to yep. be one of the greatest players of all time. And, oh, man, I mean, we're all going to benefit seeing him no matter which team he ends up on. But oh, Spurs, please yeah. lose. <laughs> Guys, do you reckon there's exactly. a there actually a world where Scoot doesn't go number two? Like if I'm I'm looking at it sort of Minnesota, for example, if they bottom out for some reason, they win the lottery, they've got Cat, they've got Rudy Gobert, 
do they still take Victor and uh, then move move on from one of those other guys? It's like the Tim Duncan draft. Even though the Spurs had Robertson, they had to get Tim Duncan. He was just that good. But, and and you make a trade if you have to. You trade one of the blokes. Yeah. I mean, you got to take Victor. You do. I okay. think I think the only well, it'd be interesting to see what the boys say and and you as well, Stewie. But but I think. The only thing that would scare you off Victor now is if he had a really significant injury. A Chet Holmgren, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's maybe something even worse. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know what you boys think. No, I'm, I'm with you. Like, regardless of what your positional needs are as a team, you know, you're a once in a generation player like that. You've got to take him, right? Um, if that means moving some pieces to fit him in, so be it. Scoot Henderson, though, I mean, reminds me of a bit of a young Derek Rose, right? So he's also going to be a hell of a player. But um, yeah, I mean, Regardless, you you take Victor number one, Robbie. Absolutely. I mean, look, even in that situation you mentioned before, I mean, you could play someone like Victor at the three in this league, you know. I mean, you can, I don't think any threes are going to be able to score on him. And, yeah, he can sort of handle the ball and shoot well enough that he could literally play sort of any of those those frontline positions. But, yeah, I think every team would, would sort of give anything they could to get him for sure. It's interesting that you say that, Robbie, because I think the game is moving in that direction. It's becoming more and more positionless. Like over here in Perth, for example, Luke Travers on defense, we had him playing center last night, but then on offense, he's basically playing point. And I think you'll see that, that, that guys like Victor Wimbanyama on one end, they'll be playing one position. And then on the other end, they'll playing They'll be playing a completely different position. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. And then, look, that was a little bit of a trick question. Obviously the answer is, yeah, you, you take Victor as well as you can. We mentioned the other week though, you know, Scoot's going to be a pretty decent sort of consolation. Oh yeah, those, big time. Yeah. Whoever finishes second. It's I, a strong draft. I love the Derek Rose comparison. There's a little bit of Kyrie with the handles as well. So he's a bit of Jar Morant. There's, he's an amalgam. The teams that do tank, even if they miss out on Victor and Scrooge, I think some of them will still be happy with who they managed to get. Yeah. Now, guys, I did want to throw another question out to you. What guys are you most excited to see in the upcoming season in the NBA with a completely new background? So we've obviously had a lot of guys changing teams, as we do all the time. Old faces, new places, Joey. Yes, as you always say, though. <laughs> so, Robbie, I'll throw to you first, mate. Who's someone who's in a completely different environment now that you're most excited to see? Look, without a doubt for me, and I have drafted him in a few of my fantasy teams, would be Jalen Brunson there. Um, really looking forward to see what he can do for the Knicks there. Um, very impressive, obviously, with Dallas last year, you know, in the regular season, stepped up again in the playoffs there. So I think someone like him, I mean, he could easily be putting up sort of all-star type numbers, you know, potentially averaging over 20 points a game. So he's probably that first one that's, that jumps out for me there. Um, and then there's probably a few that I'm kind of more, a little bit more interested and not 100% sure how they'll go. So someone like Rudy Gobert, I probably put in that category there, just how he will fit in in a different environment and you know playing with another big guy there. But yeah, definitely Jalen Brunson comes to mind. They're really looking forward to sort of see how the Knicks go this year. I think he could have put a little bit of excitement in, in the MSG there and and potentially lead him back into the playoffs. It's a great answer. I love it. I'm surprised you didn't say to Jonte. Is I, that what you're uh, going to say, Woody? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm going to say. So, As sports yeah, fans, so, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, you know, thanks for that, by the way, you know. San Antonio sending sending over Dejounte Nate. It's uh, so I've been saying in the off season. Uh, I mean, it's important that we had a, def- a defensive minded player that you put a, a Jimmy Butler type. I was saying in in one of our previous episodes that you put alongside Trey Young to you know cover a few of his def- defensive um, you know deficiencies. Let's say, um, and I think um, he these guys can have a bit of point guard by committee. You know, sometimes Trey can play off the ball. Sometimes DeJounte can. I think it's going to be really, really good for our Hawks to have someone with that mentality. And he's already one of my favorite players uh, before he came to the Hawks. To see him on our team is, is is awesome. And the fact that we've been able to keep John Collins, um, Robbie, um, you know, Okongwu is obviously, you know, improving. And, and you know, um, yeah. I, I think Hunter this preseason. Hunter, Hunter as well. So, I mean, you throw out a starting lineup of Trey, DeJounte, Hunter, Collins, and probably Capella, but maybe Okongwu might fight for that starting job at some point in the season. But it's looking good. And DeJounte really fits in nicely on, on onto our Hawks, I think. So that's that's my answer. Nath, who have you got? Who's your, your one you're excited about? Oh, wow. Well, I, I mean, I am interested to see DeJounte. Mixed feelings about it. I think the Spurs did the right thing to trade him. So I think that's interesting. I'm very skeptical about the Rudy Gobert experiment. I'm not so sure about that one. But I guess for me, the team that I'm most interested in, and and I'm kind of dodging the question here a little bit, but it's the Clippers. They've had so much injury problems. You know, what are we going to get out of Kawhi? John Wall then. Yeah, John Wall as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't, I mean, 
it's going to be really interesting to see what they get out of him. He's missed a lot of basketball in the last three years, but by all accounts, he is healthy. So the Clippers as a team, I think, is what I'm most kind of interested. I think they could finish first or they could be in a play-in spot. I think I think the the ceiling and floor for the Clippers is is quite wide, actually. How many games you got Kawhi playing this year, Nath? Oh, what's your what's well, over and under? Well, I mean... He hardly ever plays more than 60, right? I was going to so, say, over under 55. I think 50, yeah, I think 55 is probably the number, yeah. And and yeah. I, don't, I can't see him playing more than 60. I just can't see that happening. So probably somewhere between 50 and 60 games, I, I would say. Mm. They're pretty deep, though. So they can actually afford to rest and rotate guys. Yep. And oh, if they're right. fresh for the playoffs, they could they could really cause some damage. And and we've been saying this for years. So on paper, they're magnificent. And some of those trades in the at the deadline last year were more for next season rather than they were for last season. So they're they're the most intriguing team for me. I know that's dodging the question a little bit, but no, I'll just fair. throw the cat amongst the pigeons there a little. I don't know what you think, Shui. Oh, look, I mean, I, I do like the Clippers team. I'm a big fan of Zubach as well. I think he's a really, really underrated player in the league. Reggie Jackson has his moments, you know, Batum. There's a lot of guys on there. And you're right, on paper they do. They look really, really scary, but it's just how many games they can play, how healthy they stay, all of that sort of stuff. And, yeah, look, if John Wall's even close to what he was in those Washington years, well, he's certainly going to be a, a pretty decent boost to to their backcourt. Oh, even 20 minutes a game out of him, productive, 20 productive minutes, you, you would absolutely take that. Absolutely. I'm going to go the boring answer. Pat Bev. Yeah, well, no, it's an interesting one. It's a good one. <laughs> I, I just, I'm so intrigued to see what happens because it seems like Pat Beverly wants to be friends with Russell Westbrook way more than Westbrook wants to be friends with him. And we're going to see a lot of the Lakers. We always do. They're always on ESPN, so they're always on KO. We know that it's going to be a little bit fiery at times, but I mean, this could be either end of the spectrum where he makes such a big difference. He manages to get Westbrook playing well again. And all of a sudden the Lakers become this somewhat contender i guess or it could just completely blow up and they end up out of the playoffs again like they did last year i still think russ is getting traded he probably does I don't think what, do, what do you guys make of that look i mean who's going to trade for him at this point that's the big thing right i think a lot of teams have had that opportunity to potentially throw the lakers some sort of a package there i mean we've heard about this indiana package now for buddy Hill and miles turner i think that's very wishful thinking from you know from the lakers to be able to get those two guys for westbrook but yeah i wonder what his value is now and whether the lakers think they can i think there was talk last week that they're looking at starting him and beverly i'm not sure how true that is but maybe they want to potentially showcase him early and then look at getting something out of a trade there but yeah hard to say with westbrook i mean look i really like the guy i wish him success there but it's just been pretty hard to watch how quickly he's gone downhill hasn't it Mm. Yeah, I mean Charlotte's one team that comes to mind, right? They've they're going to be people are talking about you know all these teams t- tanking. I'm surprised Charlotte's not in that conversation because they're going to be very bad this year. They've got the the assets there to potentially do something with Russell Westbrook, but obviously, as Robbie said, he's going to start the season on the Lakers, and who knows, man? Like, I'm really interested to see how it plays out and what is what his game's going to be like this year, actually, under a new coach. Um, so yeah, they're not deep. Davis has made a class. If they start, say, two and eight, three and seven, they'll yep. start to panic. And and there might be a panic trade and they might give up draft picks in the future that they shouldn't be giving up. And quite frankly, LeBron doesn't care if they have their 27 and 29 draft picks. He won't be there then. He wants to win now. Well, we don't know that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be there. Like He's pretty bionic, isn't he? 45. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll yeah. be wherever Bronny is. That's it. Now, please don't file any trademark infringements or copyright infringement, boys. We're going to uh, steal your segment a little bit here. I know Stewie's champing at the bit. We are we are respecting what you guys do, and we just did want to just take a quick second. Anyone who doesn't listen to the Throwback Hoops pod cannot recommend it highly enough. My favourite segment, like so many other people's, is the classic packs. They take a pack from the 90s, or in this case, late 80s, rip it open, give out some you know some really interesting clues, see whether we can come up with with some answers. So. Got a one and I'll, I'll back on that one. Like, absolutely check out their show. They get great guests too, a really a really good variety of guests too that have great opinions. And all right, get into it. it. <laughs> Can't wait. I'll rip it out. I've been, been holding on to this one for a, a, about a week now. So You're giving the clues today, though. Yeah, no, no this is me. This is me. <laughs> That's right. Well, we'll work together on this one. Yeah. All right. So the first guy is a gentleman who played at this stage for the Golden State Warriors, I believe also with the Houston Rockets at some stage. Uh, the, the easy clue I can sort of give you is he's a 1990s movie pug. 
with the most boring surname possible. <laughs> I've got another clue if that if you need more. So think about movies from the nineties with a maybe a pug and a cat going on adventures. Oh, Otis Otis Thor. O well, Close. Otis, but the Golden most, State. But the most boring. Uh, Otis surname. Johnson. Close. Otis Smith. Otis, Otis Smith. Smith. There we go. Otis Smith. And I wish we had the video up so I could sort of flash these to you and show you who, who we're looking at. But there we go. No, we're audio only. Oh, here we go. Ooh. Oh, I like this one. So we've okay. been talking about punch-ups. Yep. The baddest of the bad boys. Bill Lambia. Bill Lambia. And also I should mention, actually, uh, when we were talking about the Draymond Green punch-up, keep an eye out for our 1992 redraft episode because Jimmy Jackson will feature in that one. And he famously apparently got in a punch-up with Jason Kidd over Tony Braxton. Oh, there you go. Now that's yeah. been unverified and, and, and they kind of claim it didn't happen, but Tony Braxton's been a bit coy on it. So that's an interesting punch up yeah. one. And Latrell Sprewell will be on that as well. Yeah, so he certainly go. will. Yes. And, uh... Rudy Tom Janovich and, and uh, Kermit yeah, Washington. Yeah, Kermit Washington. Yeah. 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 That's, oh, that was a shocker, that one. Yeah, it sure was. All right. So we've got an LA Clipper. Now he was a, it was a very good rebounding forward for, uh, for his time. Uh, I believe he went by the nickname of Snake. It's not Lloyd Vaught then, right? Not Lloyd Vaught, no. no. It's, Vaught. it's earlier than that, yeah. Mm. I'll be honest, I don't even know this bloke. It's a bit before my time. He actually played for your Atlanta Hawks in the 94-95 region, I believe. Oh, Ken Norman? Ken, Ken Norman. Norman. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Well done, Robbie. There we go. <laughs> Oh, the stars keep coming. All right, here we go. So this guy, this guy uh, most famously basically ripped a ring completely out of the backboard in college uh, when he was playing with Pittsburgh. Uh, he, this is, I believe, his rookie card playing for the Lafonso? Denver Nuggets. Lafonso Ellis. Not Lafonso Ellis. No, he'll be in our 92 redraft too, funnily enough. Um, oh, yeah, just 89, obviously, yeah. He, he lives in the fast something. Oh, Jerome Lane. Jerome Lane. It's an interesting picture, isn't it? It is, yeah. He's it's like a no-look pass. It's like it's a no-look pass, but he could be getting hit in the head with a ball. Yeah, very weird. He was a bit overweight from memory as well, the old Jerome Lane. 6'6 uh, six, six and 232, so yeah, solid. Yeah, that's that would explain solid, why yeah. he pulled a rim down. <laughs> yeah. Now, we okay, the next guy we have is an absolute Andrew Canyon staple, quite frankly. <laughs> On the Andrew Canyon All-Stars, yeah. He, he's a centre for the Milwaukee Bucks at this stage, played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, got a real, like, European-y sounding surname. And he had a lengthy career. He was a, yeah. Larry Christowiak? Close, close, like, right sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think how best to describe this guy. Um, okay, so... His first name is the surname of the point guard for the Phoenix Suns. Okay. So. Uh, oh, Paul McKeskey. Paul, no, Paul McKeskey. <laughs> he looks so out of place outside of an accounting building, honestly. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, so we go from one one center with a really European-sounding surname to another. With uh, a very common first name too. This this guy played for the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if you guys remember, there's a there's a famous behind the back pass that Charles Barkley throws in New York from about half court. And it, Oh yes. And it, Love that and it goes to one of their centers I'm trying to think how best to describe this guy. He's actually a surprisingly good player though. This guy. And um, he looks like Joe Klein on the back there a little bit, a little bit, a bit Just of Joe a bit. Klein. Yeah. Um, not Jeff Ruland. It's not Jeff Ruland. No. Um, <laughs> It's okay. Well, I think the oh, the, Mike Jeminski. Mike oh, Jeminski. Yes, Robbie. <laughs> Peter 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 Robbie. Hey, this medication's working well for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah it did well. I, I was trying to ESP the the GM at the start. I was going to start talking about general managers, and I was trying to ESPN. All he right, had some good hair one. as well, Jeminski, didn't he? Yeah, he was actually really good. Like, if you look at the late eighties, I mean, he had averages of nearly seventeen points a game at one stage. Probably about yeah, seventeen and ten. Like, talking all star numbers, really. Okay, you guys will absolutely get this because I've heard you guys use this clue before. DJ. Ah, Ronnie Cycling. Straight Ronnie. out of Beirut. Yeah, Ronnie Cycling. DJ Beirut. Absolutely. <laughs> that was the, uh, yeah, that was his rookie year as well. So, okay, here's one of the highlights of these early 90s and late 80s packs. They did have some of the coaches in them as well. So, I'm just going to name the team and you guys are going to get the coach from it. The Don't Phoenix let Woody Suns. say whether he's still with us, though, Nate. You know what he's like. He thinks all these old coaches have passed away. <laughs> well, well, he. I can tell you for a fact he's not with us anymore. Phoenix oh, Suns no. head coach. There you go, Paul Westfall. 
Uh, Cotton Fitzsimmons. Cotton, oh, yeah, Cotton, Cotton yeah. Fitzsimmons. Now, I've already seen the next... He had a, sorry, he had a couple of stints with the Suns, if I'm not mistaken, actually. He did, yeah. Yeah, like, it's funny how coaches go and come back on occasions. Now, Nath, I'm going to see if you can come up with a clue for this next guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll just go and grab some Gatorade, Stewie. Pretty pretty decent player, this guy. Yeah, he's had, all right. He went all right. Had, had his moments with the Dream Team. Yeah, might have had his own. Did he wear 23, maybe? Yeah, he, and he, 45 and, and 12. 12 yes. Yeah, and 12, a little known fact for many. <laughs> yes, it is obviously the goal. Oh, yes, 12 for one game, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. So fairly well-centered, <laughs> nice. Michael Jordan, I must say. Brilliant card, man. Pretty, pretty happy yeah, with that. Yeah, finally. Finally that, a good... Do you know what? I bought, oh. I bought two boxes. This is the eighth Michael Jordan I've pulled, and I had another five of the All-Stars of him as well. So good couple of boxes. Another coach? Yeah. I can't say I know this I, I, I vague, So he's the Dallas Mavericks coach. Uh, he also shares the surname with a three-point bomber that played with Dallas in that early 90s. That was going to be the clue I was going to give too, yeah. A big guy, that oh. like a stretch four guy. Someone right McLeod? Three, four. Yep, um, McLeod, you're right. Yep, McLeod's daughters. John McLeod? John, John McLeod. McLeod. Well Very done. Nice. Very nice. Very well picked. Oh, here's a goodie. Here's a goodie. It's the uh, one of the run TMC boys. And then finished his career in Sacramento. Well, maybe not finished, but had a very good career in Sacramento after that as well. Mitch Richmond. Mitch, Mitch Richmond. 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 And uh, I do have the Sacramento Mitch Richmond jersey. And I think Robbie's got a whole heap of Mitch Richmond jerseys, doesn't he? I've got about six, very, I believe, yeah. Very good player. A lot of a lot of people a little bit younger than us probably don't realize how good he was. Oh, totally agree with you, Nate. When you talk about people, uh, some of the great players in history that we don't speak about enough. You know, he's, he's put on some weight now. If you see Mitch Richmond at the moment, he's a he's a big boy now. Well, sp- speaking uh, of yeah. guys, I guess that maybe don't get the credit they deserve. I mean, this this should be a fairly easy one. Number one pick in nineteen eighty six, and he was a big man, if not a big boy. Eighty six, number one pick. Uh, damn, having a blank here. Come on, Robbie. How how do you not know this? Mm, Played with Craig Elo. Oh, Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty. I wanted to say, I yeah. thought Mark Price was a bit love Brad Doherty, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. NASCAR man now, right? Is he? 43. Yeah, yeah he, he is. Yep. There you go, hey? Yep. There you go. All right, we go back back to mediocrity. Uh, we've got a center playing with the Sacramento Kings. I know he did spend some time with the Golden State Warriors and Houston. Um Jeez, we got some white stiffs in Joe there. Yeah, Carroll. I don't know how best to describe him. Um, Another white stiff, basically. <laughs> oh, how best do we describe this guy? Uh, yeah, I can't give you much on this one. All right. What what team is he? What team is he on? So he's with he's with Sacramento at this stage um, after being drafted by Houston. I know he then went on and played with Golden State a couple of years later. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, okay, first name, surname of a cartoony character, Earthworm something. <laughs> And then, Jim Mickle, Mickelvane? No, that's not it. No, not no. Jim. Oh, well, there you go. Well, that actually gives you the first name. So it yeah, is Jim. Jim. Yeah, Jim's right. Uh, okay. Loved Earthworm Jim, by the way, on Sega Mega Drive. Fa- okay. Fam- famous. <laughs> this is the first half of his surname. Famous Indian comedian, Russell. Oh, jeez. Jim Peters? Peterson? Jim, yeah, yes. Jim, Jim Peterson. Peterson. Put you out of your misery. Yeah, oh. that, no, you did well getting there. Jim Peterson, well done. <laughs> Now we go from a white stiff to one of the great greatest white players of all time, actually. Another big Barry Bird. Okay. Same team. Very, very close. Same team. Kevin McHale. Kevin, Kevin McHale. Robbie, I've yeah. got like four or five here, mate. You know what's going on? Dolly and McHale. As if I don't know those. You're just saying it. Well, I got Bill Lambier. I got uh I guess the coach, but I got that one right anyway. <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks coach. Yeah. I've so- got the best clue for this one. So Robbie, given your Pain medication, you might be feeling a little sleepy. Oh, Eric Floyd. Eric, Eric Floyd. Floyd. Yes, indeed. I tell you what, <laughs> that's a pretty good pack. It's a great pack. I'm pretty darn happy. If we, if we go back through some of the highlights, so Kevin McHale, Brad Doherty, Mitch Richmond, Michael Jordan, Rony Cycli, uh, Bill Lambier. That's a that's it's a bad, mm, that's a pretty yeah, damn good pack. There's a lot pack. of names there. Yeah, no Raphael Addisons or anything like that in that pack. <laughs> <laughs> no Raphael Addison's, no. What's the bloke you've been uh, talking about? No, no Fennis Dembo's either. Fennis Dembo. <laughs> oh, man. That is good. So we thought we'd do some real quick hits on football. I don't know if you've been following the NFL much at the moment, Robbie. How's the Dan Snyder thing in Washington, hey? My goodness. He's gone nuclear. 
Yeah, another one of these clowns, these rich sort of owners, isn't it? Pretty frustrating. Yeah, I mean, they've, they haven't been too bad this season, apart from obviously the game yesterday. But yeah, just a, another guy that's probably got away with too much. And what have they won there? Two two playoff games uh, the whole time he's been there, I believe, as well. So yeah, it's a, yeah, another one of these guys that just probably just not enough, uh, probably, you know, you just don't want to speak about them. They sort of just, they just seem to be horrible people, I guess. But yeah, but no, enjoying the season so far. Obviously, you boys know I'm a Giants fan there. So, very, very pleased about how well they've started the season. Not sure if it'll continue, but yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing so far from them. Nice win over Green Bay and London. Those London games have been good, nice and early. So I've managed to kind of catch two games before going to bed because I stay up till ridiculous hours. So I've been loving those. They are a nice yeah, I wasn't dirty. expecting that one, but there's normally a bit of a, a, a letdown when they come back, isn't it? So I know the Giants have got Baltimore this week, so that could be a, a tough game there. But yeah, you never know the way they're playing anyway. How's the NFC East? Did you see this coming? Oh, like Dallas crazy, going well, it? even without yeah. Jack Prescott. It's nuts. I mean, there's going to be a quarterback controversy in Dallas pretty soon, I think, when Dak's ready to come back with the, the way that Cooper Rush has been playing there. But, yeah, Philadelphia could potentially be the standout team of the, of the season so far, couldn't they? I mean, Jalen Hurts looks really good there. They've got some real firepower there. But I quite like watching them play as well, the Eagles. They, they can certainly put on some points. Their strength of schedule, they have one of the easiest runs for the rest of the season. So the top spot in the NFC is absolutely theirs to lose. So they've got mm -hmm. the inside track to a Super Bowl. And, and the thing for me about Jalen Hurts, so for, for me, he was always a runner who could occasionally throw. He's been really improving his throwing. And and now yeah. he's, he's in MVP. I mean, I don't like talking about MVPs this early in the season. I try to avoid that sort of chat. But he'd be he'd be one of the front runners, absolutely. So, yeah, wow. He's I, nearly, I not he's, see he's that nearly rushed for a touchdown every game as well, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 he's a good fantasy player to have. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> he is, yeah. So, boys, yeah, I absolutely. wanted to, I guess, on the back of some of those comments you've made, throw a little question out to both of you. What teams do you think so far are currently maybe better than their current record and maybe worse than their current record? Are there any teams that are maybe over or underachieved so far? I've got to say, for me, the Rams have really underachieved. They just, I don't know what they're doing this year. They just seem to be a bit of a, a shadow of themselves. Um, one team that's really interested me this year is the Detroit Lions. I mean, you saw them score, you know, 40 points one week, and then they get shut out the next there. So they'd be another team. Look, I'm going to maybe say Seattle, though. Um, no, I think they've been really impressive this year. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people sort of thought that was a, a bit of a team in, you know, that was going to go downhill a little bit there, and obviously losing losing Russell Wilson. But, yeah, they've been pretty impressive this year, um, surprisingly, you know. They're going all right. They're going almost better without Russell Wilson. I actually yeah, think he's quite yeah, overrated. Like, he's, mm. he's a very good player, but... I don't think, yeah, I find him a bit overrated. That game against my Colts, I'm glad we had the win, but my God, that was hard to watch, wasn't it? That was Jeez. a stinky game, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> some some bloke made 10 grand on a $100 bet or over 10 grand on a $100 bet because he bet there would be no touchdowns. And oh, wow. it, it's never happened before where two Pro Bowl quarterbacks <laughs> of at least four Pro Bowls have played each other and not scored at least one touchdown in the entire game. In the two Thursday night games the last two weeks, we've had one touchdown across two games. Oof. And look, I, we've talked about the the head stuff, the collisions and the, the CTE and all that on our show recently. I'm not a fan of those Thursday games. They just shouldn't happen. Yeah, no, I agree. It's always hard to back up the next week and that. But yeah, they always just seem to be pretty ordinary sort of teams that are playing as well. Yeah, I don't know if we, if we totally need it. I mean, I'd love to have a Saturday game, you know, like a, a Friday game. Uh, sorry, a Sunday game, I mean, here, which is a Saturday game there. We obviously know it's never going to happen because college football dominates that day there. But I'd just love to see maybe one standalone NFL game that we'd personally get to see on a Sunday in Australia and then obviously have the games our time on, on Monday and the one on Tuesday night. But, yeah, no, the, <laughs> the Thursday games are a bit ordinary. Yeah, they, they do it at the end of the season, don't they? But they don't do it during the season. Yeah. For me, yeah, for me, yeah. it's the the Oakland Raiders, or sorry, I should say the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm still, yeah, still <laughs> struggling with all these. There's been so many team name changes the, and relocations the, the in LA, all sports. The LA Raiders. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, it's the Raiders. One and four. Blew that game against the Chiefs on the weekend. So their comeback, Travis Kelsey became the first player in league history to have four receiving touchdowns of less than 10 yards in a single game. And obviously I talked about that Devontae Adams push after the game too. So there's just more mm. pain to come for the Raiders, I reckon. Can, can They've I... been nearly in every game so far though, haven't they? It's strange. I don't know. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's Carr's fault. He seems to execute pretty well down the stretch. I think maybe it's the defense a little bit, but yeah, they've been a little bit, a little bit disappointing compared to what we maybe thought of them. 
Well, they've only what they've lost one game by more than six points so far, basically, yeah. and that that was to sorry, I tell a lie. They won that game. All the other games that they've lost have been within a touchdown, so they're, they're keeping games close. I did want to just piggyback off that point that you made about the Travis Kelsey game. The previous record for the 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 least amount of yards with four touchdowns was ninety three with Marvin Jones in 2019. Yeah, right. Kelsey had just 25 yards for his four touchdowns. Yeah, it's crazy. Ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Gee, time flies when you're having fun, boys. That was fantastic, as it always is. Thank you so much for joining us. Apologies that we stole your segment. Everyone, go and listen to their show. Well, I'll throw I'll throw it over to you, boys. If you want to give some plugs for Throwback Hoops? Yeah, of course. Look, you know, we do a weekly show. Um, we didn't drop one this week, but we're going to do one um, early next week. But yeah, we have a uh, the videos up on YouTube each week. And obviously you can download the audio just via the normal podcast. But yeah, we have great fun sort of doing it. We show off our retro sort of jersey collections every week. Um, as we mentioned, we do the classic packs and certainly have pretty interesting NBL and NBA content. So yeah, if you're not sort of checking us out already, um, we'd love you to do so. And yeah, it's been a, been a pleasure coming on the show today, boys. Yeah, definitely. It's always fun hanging out with you guys man so uh, it, it doesn't feel like we're actually recording anything we could just be you know chatting away in our group chat man right now <laughs> chopping, it up. It, chopping it up so thanks for having us guys it's been a pleasure. pleasure is all ours boys and again they get great guests on their show too they uh, robbie didn't even mention that maybe chuck us the socials boys so people can find you on twitter and stuff yeah, of course. So um, look, our Twitter account is Throwbacks Hoops. Um, I know Woody's very sort of active on there. He'll normally put some interesting sort of comments during NBL games and stuff like that. Actually, you tell you tell us the Instagram Woods. I know that's more your domain. Throw, Throwback.hoops is our Instagram. We're actually getting a bit more of a following there. I put up all the jerseys and some of the cards that we pulled from, from those classic packs are on there. And then our email is uh, throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. So, we say it as well, boys. Reach out if there's a retro jersey or someone you're interested to see if we've got that in the collection. Reach out. There's probably a fair chance that one of us will, and we'll be able to rock it on the show. Right on. Yeah. Absolute bloody legends. Thank you so much again, Woody and Robbie. We've had a great time, and everyone, keep an ear out for our next episode where we talk about the T20 Cricket World Cup with Woody. He's champing at the bit about it. Yeah, can't wait. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Enjoy the cricket chat, fellas. Good stuff. All right, Stewie, you know what that music means. Final thoughts time. Well, the obvious first final thought, what an amazing classic pack that was. Uh, yeah, decent variety. The, two head coach. Yeah, two head coach. Oh, Michael Jordan. A bit of Jordan and a few Mikhail, other really yeah. great players. And no, not been bad. a bit of a lean run for the, the throwback guys in recent times. Yes, yes, true. Hopefully yeah. that turns their fortunes around. Look, always great to have a chat to those boys there. As passionate about hoops as we are, which is very, very rare in this day and age. So just great times. And a big special thank you to them both for joining us because it's been a tough week for both of them in, in different ways. Really tough. So... Yeah, thank you again. Until next time, I'm Nate. And I'm Stu. We are the Sportplex.